The election looks like it's pretty much been called by the media. Um, I don't think that really means much. <laughs> Nowhere in the Constitution does it say the media has any say. Uh, no votes have been certified yet this year, and there are a bunch of challenges, lots of things going on. Uh, there is a bunch of lawsuits happening. There are signs of, and there are definitely signs of shenanigans. So ignore the media and the coronation of Joe Biden. That's not happening right now, except with every through everyone's eyes. It'll probably happen eventually, but it's not here yet. I think you're still looking at another month. Let's talk about what's going on with the election. Um, how everyone's reacting, why the results went on the way they did, and let's talk about the good news. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Here we go. Finally, we're going to start talking a little bit about this this election thing. And uh, we'll, we again, with this election thing, we really don't know, and I'm going to say that about 10,000 times this entire podcast. And this podcast is going to run a little longer than normal because there's just a lot to talk about. And I, I don't think splitting this up would be a good idea. So if you can only stand, you know, a half hour, 30 minutes of my voice, just break this up in two days. So here's what's happening so far. Um, Trump, who had a 600,000 vote lead in Pennsylvania, somehow in the middle of the night, again, lost Pennsylvania. He also lost Nevada. That gave Biden the electoral votes to become president, theoretically. Trump isn't lying down about this, nor he shouldn't. He's challenging the vote counts, and he may have somewhat of an argument. Stay tuned for that. We'll get there. So he is going to court. He is demanding, um, he is demanding recounts. There are recounts already happening in Georgia. So they've decided because it was too close, it was within the margin of error. And it's actually, I think, within the margin of error of Nevada and Arizona. Arizona is still not uh, finished counting. And for some reason, Alaska is not finished either. I, I don't quite understand Alaska. Why they called Arizona with 0.0% of the vote called, but they won't call Alaska with 95%? Of the, I don't know. Probably it's going with Trump. Biden accepted uh, that he's going to be present, uh, president, allegedly. He said in a statement uh, on Twitter, I am honored and humbled by the trust the American people have placed on me as Vice President-elect Harris, uh, me and Vice President-elect Harris. In He should say President-elect Harris because Joe's going to fall apart. In the face of unprecedented obstacles, a record number of pre Americans voted, proving once again that democracy beats deep in the heart of America. Okay. With the campaign over, it's time to put the anger and harsh rhetoric behind us and come together as a nation. Now, I'm, I'm weird. I seem to remember he was causing a lot of the harsh, lang harsh language and, uh, and rhetoric. Wasn't he the one that called Trump a clown and, call, and said, told Trump to shut up during a debate? Isn't he the one just last week who called a bunch of Trump supporters outside of one of his rallies or the 13 people at one of his rallies? He told called them ugly yahoos or whatever. Isn't it basically him that says Trump killed 250,000 people? Isn't it him that said Romney was going to put blacks back in chains? Please don't tell me that this guy is going to be unifying. He's not. He's a leftist. And if you don't listen to his listen to one of his the speech he gave, I believe it was on Sunday when he had been named by the media, mind you. So the media doesn't count here. By the media uh, as pr president-elect of the United States. And you tell me, is this unifying? To heal in America. Now this campaign is over. What is the will of the people? What is our mandate? I believe it's this. Americans have called upon us to marshal the forces of decency, the forces of fairness, to marshal the forces of science, and the forces of hope in the great battles of our time. The battle to control the virus, the battle to build prosperity, the battle to secure your family's health care, the battle to achieve racial justice and root out systemic racism in this country. 
in the battle to save our planet by getting climate under control. The battle to restore decency, defend democracy, and give everybody in this country a fair shot. That's all they're asking for, a fair shot. Folks, our work begins with getting COVID under control. We cannot repair the economy, restore our vitality, or relish life's most precious moments, hugging our grandchildren, our children, our birthdays, weddings, graduations, all the moments that matter most to us until we get it under control. This guy's so full of shit. He is completely full of shit. First off, the campaign is not over. That's a lie. The media is pushing it. A bunch of rhinos are pushing it. The Democrats are pushing it. It's not over. We're going to go through courts. Every real Republican who supports Donald Trump has said he should go to court. I think he should go to court too. If he, But he's going to have to prove that there was some shenanigans going on. That's going to be very hard to prove. It's provable, I'm sure. They wouldn't, lawyers are not just going to go in and they have no evidence of, of some things. And there is a lot of evidence. There's a lot of witness testimony. There's a, a lot of weird things. Wisconsin admitted they were doing things that it was actually illegal. We'll talk about that later. So the campaign is, the, the, the election is not over. Not one vote's been certified. Not one state has certified votes. Um, Georgia, like I said earlier, is going to do a recount. I wouldn't be shocked if you're going to see a recount in um, Nevada, which was also very close, and Arizona, which is still going and is close. So let's not get wild and crazy and say there's not going to be a recount. This election was too close. There might be a recount in five, six states before this whole thing is done. So uh, we'll have to see. Now, the other thing he mentioned is there was a mandate for his policies, which, by the way, he never talked about his policies. No, there was no mandate. He just got elected president. The Democrats lost everything else. As far as I'm concerned, far-left policies, there's a mandate against far-left policies, seeing how every Democrat lost, basically, in this election. Okay, I'm exaggerating. Not every Democrat lost, but most Democrats lost. I mean, we got 15 seats in the House. We're probably going to retain the Senate. I, I, I don't quite understand where he's getting this mandate. So I don't think there is a mandate. And I think he's really quick to call a mandate. Um, he believes in systemic racism. He believes in racism. He believes in all this stuff. Um, as far as I'm concerned, and by the way, there's things he didn't talk about, like abortion. He believes in abortion up to the point of, uh, after the point of birth. These things are, are, are not negotiable things here. These are not middle points. This is not bringing us together. If you're going to raise our deficit, kill jobs by eliminating energy, and... Um, believe that a, a baby can be aborted even after birth, yeah, there's no negotiating there. There's absolutely no negotiating there. So I don't know how he's planning to unify. He's not going to unify conservatives or even libertarians for the most part. Um, he will not. This is the greatest lie. He will not control COVID-19. That is just a complete lie. Nobody in the world in the world has actually controlled COVID-19. President Trump and the, and the Secretary of State, they were, Mnuchin, I believe his name is, were both correct in that we're just going to have to learn how to live with it. I do find it amazing that a uh, vaccine was an, announced by Pfizer today. And suddenly, oh, it's 90% effective. Well, that's great news. Don't get me wrong. But don't think that Biden's not going to take credit for that. And I think that's absolutely disgusting. And you watch. He's going to take absolute credit for that. Um, his COVID response, he had mentioned, I can't remember if it was actually because I actually cut the... I, I, thank you uh, to Grabian, by the way. Um, he had mentioned that the COVID response is about compassion, empathy, and concern. Here's the thing. No policy by a competent politician 
should be about compassion, empathy, and concern. Because here's the reality. There, a policy means some people are going to get left behind. Some people are not going to work. That policy is not going to work for some people. It has to be a reasonable response. Because here's the thing. Compassion, empathy, and concern means I don't want anyone to die and therefore we should keep the economy closed. Um, compassion, empathy, and concern means you need to wear a mask, you have to stay six feet apart, or you could be arrested. Now, there is talk. He's going to set up a national mandate for lockdowns. He has already said he wants to create a national mandate for mask wearing. By the way, all is against the Constitution. But this is the kind of thing, this is what bothers me about the language of the left. And a lot of people voted him because he was a, a moderate, a liberal. Well, he's a progressive. And we're going to talk about the three different layers of the Democratic Party because the de that's going to be important because they're fighting right now. They're beginning to tear each other apart. Um, this is not a thing. He's going to have to sit back and, and give good policy. And by the way, his policy on his website about, about this, about COVID, is the same as Trump's, except Trump did it six months ago. So we'll have to see how things go here. Um, yeah, it was a, a horrid speech. Uh, he's such a, and he's such a terrible human being. He's a liar. He is a corrupted old politician who is a freaking liar. Anyway, so Trump is not going to sit on his laurels. He's a fighter. He, he thinks this election was bullshit, and he's going to sit there and call bullshit on it. So he has set up a load of legal challenges. These states uh, include Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, Georgia, Nevada, and Arizona. There have been complaints of illegal ballots being counted, legal ballots being thrown away, their ballot counters actually fixing votes, which by fixing votes, fixing it so they can still be counted, which is illegal, by the way. If the ballot is not fixed, there's actual video of it. If the ballot isn't done correctly, the ballot's discarded. That's it. So uh, we don't know much about these legal challenges yet. And the only reason we don't know much about the legal challenges is because they haven't really announced them. Uh, they were supposed to be announced on Monday, which is today. But either way, we'll know about them this week. Trump's legal team is going to have some serious evidence to actually make a difference. Is going to have to have some serious evidence to actually make a difference. So they're going to have to really work. Uh, one question that seems to always be asked is that uh, can we have a re-elect? No, we cannot. The election is done. That's it. We're going to have to deal with it. So it's going to have to go through the courts. Trump has already won a couple of deal, a deals, a couple of legal challenges. For example, one judge in Pennsylvania said, and we talked about this last week, set aside ballots that are questionably legal, and then we'll figure out what to do with that later. Um, there's also a bunch of recounts in the, the, in the um, pipe. We've already talked about that. Um, Georgia is definitely on their way to a recount. Pennsylvania, I think they don't want a recount, but I think they're probably pretty close to needing a recount. Uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, do not be shocked if there are recounts, especially if judges from the Supreme Court or some of the federal courts of appeal sit back and said, okay, there were some problems here. Then expect recounts and expect illegal ballots and legal ballots to be counted, to be not counted or be counted respectively. Now, do I think anything's going to change? Probably not. Recounts will only change the votes, usually a few hundred votes, one way or the other. Um, the courts have a hard time changing election results, especially if a state says, hey, no, we're in good shape. Trump's going to have to actually prove there were some problems. And if Trump doesn't prove it, it, it just could be, we could be waiting a month and it's just going to end up being what it is. I think even the Supreme Court will be a little jittery about touching this unless there's something really glaring. There's going to have to be something really glaring in this whole thing. So we'll have to see. But as far as Trump actually saying, or uh, Trump, Biden actually saying this is over, uh, no. 
it's not over. So, is Biden a duly elected president? Uh, a, a duly elected president-elect? Sort of. If the votes are certified, Sleepy Creepy Joe will be president of the United States and should be president. He will be my president, and I hope he does the right things. I know he won't. Biden is a screw-up and has been for 47 years. He's been wrong about everything. But he will be my president. I will not threaten to move to Australia, England, Mexico, Canada, anywhere. It, it, he's my president. And be honest with you, I don't think he's going to be able to do a lot of damage in two years. And I don't think he'll be in presidency for two years. I think he'll be in presidency for six months at most. We're going to have to see, especially when we see who, is he's pick, who he is picking as his cabinet, because it's his cabinet that will determine whether or not he is fit to be president based off the 25th Amendment, which we talked about in an earlier podcast. The sort of part comes with the jacked up election process that the Democrats created uh, to get the Democrats into pre the presidency. It stinks to high heaven. I think they destroyed the electoral process because they couldn't win without a little hel a help of a little cheating. How does the guy who promises to raise all our tax taxes, promises to end our energy inde inde independency and industry, promises to open up our borders so that anyone come can come in, promises to implement the same horrid health care system that his predecessor set up, and has been wrong on every foreign policy decision in his life, including being against the killing of Osama bin Laden, and hasn't campaigned in six months because he's scared of getting COVID, uh, the China virus? How is a guy like this a duly elected president or even get most of the presidential votes? I can almost hear you through the microphone. What would happen? Uh, that wouldn't happen. It did happen. So let's talk about what happened. How did this disaster actually happen? How did this old senile white man who seems to hate America and leans towards socialism actually get elected? I have six reasons why Biden got elected, if he got elected at all. I mean, I'm sorry, I keep saying that. I got to stop saying that because Biden has not gotten elected yet. But there are six specific reasons that this happened. The first is the news media. This, is, this was probably, the news media was probably the most damaging attack on Trump's campaign. They have made his presidency seem like a disaster, even though it wasn't. All this bullshit about being nonpartisan really came out during the election. Just listen to Van Jones on CNN after they project after CNN projected Trump would be Trump would lose the presidency. Listen to this and tell me if it's nonpartisan. Van, what are your thoughts? <clears throat> it's um. Well, it's easier to be a parent this morning. It's easier to be a dad. It's easier to, it's easier to tell your kids character matters. It matters. Telling the truth matters. Being a good person matters. And it's easier for a whole lot of people. If you're Muslim in this country, you, you, you don't have to worry if the president doesn't want you here. If you're an immigrant, you don't have to worry if the president's going to be happier to have babies snatched away or send, send dreamers back for no reason. It's a vindication for a lot of people who have really suffered. You know, the, the, I can't breathe. You know, that wasn't just George Floyd. That was a lot of people that felt that they couldn't breathe. Every day you're waking up and you're getting these tweets and you just don't know, and you're going to the store, and, and people who have been afraid to show their racism are getting nastier and nastier to you, and you're worried about your kids, and you're worried about your sister. CNN being a trusted news source, my ass. 
What a ham Van Jones is. Every time there's a presidency, he was crying the first time when Trump won. Now he's crying again after. Everything Van Jones also said had nothing to do with Trump. Nor is Trump the devil. Nor is the world going to be a better place now that Joe Biden is president. I like what I like what Ben Shapiro says. Ben Shapiro says Trump was not the killer. Trump was the coroner. There was shitty politics before Trump came along. And then Trump came, came along and said, there's shitty politics. There was a bad news media before Trump came along. And Trump came along and just sat there and said, these are bad news. Be- there's a bad news media. They're fake news media. CNN has been pushing a Russian collusion investigation for three years. They pushed the Ukraine impeachment for a year. Now it's COVID-19, which no one in the world has controlled. And currently, the United States is number 20 on the death list. We're not even the ones who are the main problems. But all you hear is about COVID. You know what we don't hear about? We don't hear anything about uh, the FBI spying on the Trump campaign. We don't uh, hear about the unverified steel dossier. We don't hear about the impeachment. We don't hear about record growth in the economy. We don't hear about record unemployment rates, including record lows for minorities. They don't talk about the United States lowering the COVID death rate by 300% in the last two months. So that we do, or that we do more testing than any other country in the world. The corralling of countries like North Korea and Iran seem to be forgotten. The killing of terrorists like Soleimani and al-Baghdadi gets ignored. The destruction of ISIS is never talked about. The fact that the United States is energy independent never talked about. The peace deals between Israel, the UAE, Bahrain, and now Sudan, which will be signed probably before President Trump is out of office. And it's quite possible before Trump is out of office... There will be a deal signed with Saudi Arabia and Israel. The creation of the Space Force. You think China's not doing anything about that? Standing up to China and starting a trade war with China. The replenishing of our military, which was very just depleted after Barack Obama was president. The adding of 300 federal judges and three Supreme Court judges. Everything's negative about that. I mean, not only is everything negative about that, but they actually want to impeach those judges. Wow, you're going to impeach 300 federal judges? Good luck with that. And finally, the fact that he is the only president who has not taken us to a war during his term. Let's not forget, Barack Obama was involved in several conflicts and wars. He is, a, and everyone kept saying that Trump is going to press this nuclear button and the whole world is going to burn because of President Trump. And he's the only one that said, no, we don't want to do this anymore. Let's kill ISIS and let's pull out. And ISIS, he didn't start. ISIS, he finished. That was a Barack Obama thing. But also, the media, it's not about what they are saying, what they're not saying. They're not saying it with Joe Biden, too. Why, why, the questions I would have asked Joe Biden is, why aren't you campaigning? Why won't you take questions from the press? You make a statement, literally going from Delaware to Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania back to Delaware, because it's literally five, five miles from his home in the Delaware. Make a statement, then leave the, the floor. What about his mental capacity? He said he's never tested for his mental capacity. There's a shocker. He's always bitching about COVID. What would he have done different? According to his website, all the things that he's listing he would do with COVID is already being done. And the the bullshit lie, and we're going to talk about this later, the bullshit lie about advanced testing and tracing, you can't do it. We've got too many cases. There's no tracing anymore. There's Testing is not a thing. And testing is free. I can get tested right now and get an answer day after tomorrow whether I have COVID. It's free in California. I'm pretty sure it's free everywhere. What about Hunter Biden's laptop? It, it, was he actually taking money from other questions, other countries? We already know that the laptop is a legit laptop. It is Hunter Biden's laptop. He's got a signature on a receipt for that laptop. We already have not one, 
but several people saying, yeah, no, we got those emails. The other question, if he's not getting money from other countries, how did he get so rich? He earns $177,000 a year, and yet he owns three homes? And I think it's probably four homes. I just don't want to overdo it. But he owns at least three ma- uh, at least two mansions. Let's let's give him a break. I've only seen two of the mansions. But he could earn he le- lives in two to four mansions. How did he get all that money at 174,000 and his wife making about 200,000? How does that happen? Why won't he reject Antifa or BLM? Both Marxist, anarchists, violent groups? He says Antifa is just an idea. No, they have a flag. No, they have a uniform. No, they have a philosophy. It's a real group. Does he support socialism? And if he doesn't support socialism, what is the difference between what he wants to implement and socialism? What happened in Ukraine with Hunter being uh, when he was on the board of Burisma? And the recording that he had saying you either fire the prosecutor who was work who was investigating Burisma or you don't get a billion dollars that sounds like a quid pro quo that sounds like a quid pro quo and they impeached they impeached Trump for a quid pro quo when he just called the president of um Ukraine and said congratulations on being nominated president what are Biden's policies about gun control, economics, so forth. What is he planning to do to fix the environment? Uh, Besides going back to that Paris Climate Accord, which is an absolute disaster, it just means, it doesn't mean anything actually, but it means that this is going to give excuses for Democrats to put more regulations on businesses. What about the rape allegations made against him and the sexual harassment allegations against him? What about the pictures we see of him fondling little girls, sniffing their hair, all that weird shit? What about eliminating frack- fracking? Did he lie about that in the past? Because he said he wanted to eliminate fracking. Well, he wants to, 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 he wants to phase it out. Okay, that's fine. Well, give us a plan. You want to phase it out in 10 years, 6 months, 2 weeks? What is it? Nothing on policy, by the way. And how about talking about some of your past statements, which show a lot of prejudice? Like, if you walk into a 7-Eleven, you got to expect you're going to hear someone with an Indian accent. That Barack Obama is smart and good-looking and clean. And and that, what about the whole thing with, um, he doesn't want his kids going to school in a racial jungle. Now, do I think Joe Biden is a racist? Um, probably not. A lot of people like him. But he's definitely got some prejudice issues. And by the way, I think you can be prejudiced without being a racist. I think you can have ideas about black people and brown people or people of color and not be a racist. But it does make you prejudiced. It does make you uncomfortable to be around. It isn't just CNN or MSNBC. The curtain has been pulled back on them a long time ago. And MSNBC is not considered a nonpartisan channel. They are very partisan and they're very open about it. So that's, I, I don't get offended when they do something. CNN though, yeah, they're supposed to be nonpartisan and they, they say it in their tagline. It's But it's also NBC, ABC, CBS, the AP and Reuters. Even Fox News, I just lost a lot of respect for Fox News. The Fair and Balanced Channel and is considered conservative, screwed Trump. Now, there are some people on the show. For example, uh, The Five, I like, Tucker, Sean Hannity, Laura Ingram. Their opinion hosts are conservative. But their um, actual news... They're not. I mean, this guy's, these guys had Shepard Smith, for Christ's sake, who was a le- liberal. Chris Wallace, I can't believe he's not a liberal. He's not a Democrat. 
So there are a couple guys in there that you, you just got to kind of wave a red flag. So maybe Fox News is not, you know, and Fox News, maybe we should have had the red flag up when they hired Donna Brazil. Who, I like her insight. I won't lie. I like her insight. I don't agree with her about 99% of the time. And Juan Williams, who just seems like he's an outright leftist. He just seems like everything is President Trump's fault. You can ask him, why is it raining outside? And somehow he's going to sneak Trump in there. So I'm not really sure of Juan Williams. Um, I don't know why he's still there. It's estimated that the uh, media probably cost Trump about 10 points in the polls. And you know something? I agree with that. The reason is because um, I think that the polls really hosed out uh, because the news media is usually watched. A lot of people watch one set of news media either because they believe in what they believe in or they're just used to it. They don't like me. I go to Fox. I go to CNN. I go to um, Blaze. I go to Daily Wire. I go to Slate. I go to Vox. I watch the um, Young Turks. I, I, I watch a lot of it because I got to talk to you folks about it and I got to sit there and have an understanding on everything. But a lot of people will focus. So if they were on CNN, I did the same thing. I was on CNN constantly. Because I was just used to CNN. And then I found Fox. Then I, I found the Daily Wire. And then as I grew uh, grew up, matured politically, I, I went to different sources. Far left, far right, uh, not far right, but conservative, uh, middle of the road. I like the uh, Dave Rubin show, which is, it's leans conservative, but it's actually, he's actually a lib- liber- liberal. He's a Democrat liberal who's kind of switched to the right simply because the the left has lost him. Um, so here's the thing I always want to talk about. What do we do? Well, I think one of the things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to start finding new conservative news media outlets, which is kind of exciting because Trump said he, he wanted to create his own Trump news network, which I think would be absolutely awesome. Um, but... I'll, we are now, this is something you have to understand. We all have to understand, we are now the counterculture. We are not the mainstream. Conservatism is considered like what hippies were back in the 60s. So we need to get our news from, from outside the mainstream media. Now the Daily Wire is calling uh, Daily Wire uh, louder with Crowder. They are now calling the mainstream media the legacy media because you cannot be trusted. It, they are living on the old partisan biases. And that includes Fox News. Yeah, I'll still watch Tucker. I'll still watch Sean sometimes. I think he's a little too out there. And I'll watch Laura Ingram. But I, I'm, I'm not going to watch the, the regular news. I'll watch The Five. I'll watch the Greg Gutfeld show on Fridays. But I'm not going to get my news from them. Where do I get it? I go to Blaze TV. I go to the Daily Wire. I watched their shows. Today, I sat back. I woke up this morning at 6 o'clock. I put on um, the Blaze TV live broadcast where I saw, uh, I can't remember what his name is, but I saw a talk show with him. I put on um, on Blaze TV. I put on Louder with Crowder, Morning Mug Club. I pay for this. I have to. And I enjoyed that for two hours. Then I watched Michael Knowles of the Daily Wire. Then I watched Ben Shapiro of the Daily Wire. Done with news. I don't need to see news at all. Even now, it's uh, the five is on. I'm probably not even going to watch that. And as in this background right now, I've got the London Marathon going on. So this, these are the things I'm going to get my news sources from. I'll go to Vox. I'll go to. Um, I'll go to Vox. I'll go to um, um, uh, the Huffington Post. I'll go to the Slate magazine. A Slate. I won't pay for any of them, but I do kind of cruise around between the different news outlets just to get an idea of what is going on in the world. OAN, One American News, which is a conservative news outlet, I can't even get hold of. I can't even see. The only time I see OAN and then we will binge OAN is when I go on the internet or I go to my father's house. It's just not available. So... 
Uh, we're gonna we're just that's what we're gonna have to do is find alternative news media outlets and kind of embrace those outlets with the behavior of the mainstream media or uh, legacy media if that's what it, what conservatives end up actually calling it. I have a feeling a lot of people are going to go in the direction of alternative media. After all, people like us are the counterculture again. I look forward to seeing Donald Trump start his own news network. I think he will. I'm pretty sure that he's that if he does start that, it will be a main network item and it will make him huge amounts of money. The second area of problem is social media. Uh, social media has been absolutely horrid and they get they got worse as the election drew closer. Even today, President Trump's t- tweets are being censored or flagged for lying. Nobody answers this. When Biden said, I'm the president of the United States before he's actually been confirmed to be president of the United States, president-elect of the United States, they didn't flag him. And that's probably a bigger lie than President Trump saying um, there are a lot of illegal votes being counted. They flagged him for that, but they didn't flag Biden for saying, I'm president-elect of the United States. They're not going to get better either. With the left in the presidency, don't expect to see a lot of change. With four more years as president... Trump would have changed Article 230 so social media became publishers instead of platforms. That way, social media can be sued for censorship. Of course, with the craving of power, Democrats might actually do it anyway. They love regulation. Uh, But I think this is the first time, even as a capitalist, I wouldn't mind seeing social media being regulated. Or at least, or at least, allow social media to be sued when someone is actually... Um, censored for things that shouldn't be censored. By the way, the New York Post is back on social media. Number three, the pollsters. Polling has always been more than a science, uh, more art than a science. That's one of the reasons I'm not very trusting of it. But for the most part, polling in the past has been pretty accurate. That is until 2016. And now, again, in 2020, they got it wrong. The pollsters have been just terrible. They were wrong about the state district races. They were wrong about the governor races. They were wrong about the House races. They were wrong about the Senate races. They were wrong about everything, including the presidential race. The president was supposed to be blown out by 10 points. He's only down by two. They keep talking about Biden having 75 million votes, and that's a mandate. That's the most any president has had. What they fail to say is Donald Trump has 72 million, which is 3 million more than Obama had in 2008 or 2012. That's, it's a record. Trump got, what, Trump got more votes as a losing candidate than anybody else got as a winning candidate. So, why did the uh, pollsters screw up so badly? There are three trains of thought on this. The first, the the pollsters have become tone deaf. They've become coastal. So, they go through uh, East Coast, they go through West Coast, and they they poll East Coast and West Coast folks, and that's what it comes down to. They don't poll the Midwest, they don't uh, poll the South or Southeast, so they become tone deaf to the most of the country, how it is actually set up. Um, the people being polled are simply lying. Would you actually tell the truth to a pollster right now? If you're a Trump supporter or you're a Republican, people are beating the shit out of other people because they, they, they say they support Trump. I won't wear a MAGA hat that I have because I, I'm afraid uh, I don't want any conflict. We're going to have to probably stop doing that. We're probably going to have to support no matter who it is in the future as Republicans. Finally, pollsters are partisan. And they want a specific candidate to win. And it's possible they are manipulating their polls so that Republicans can get kind of down on the fact that Biden's going to kill Trump by 12 points. I mean, we're talking 7 to 12, 7 to 13 points where it's these polls. It was, it was like 1.5% in the popular vote. It was nothing in the popular vote. 
And, and they want to manipulate. They want to make it so that Republicans just, oh, there's no reason to even go in. You know, here's a newsflash. You know who's not going to go vote if the polls show it? It's going to be Democrats. Democrats will not show up to vote. Mail-in balloting is number four. Mail-in balloting, just an absolute terror. Uh, Here's the deal. Voting is not a right. Voting is a privilege. If it was a right, resident immigrants would be able to vote. Just like resident immigrants can celebrate their religion, can say whatever they want to say, can protest, they can own a gun, they can do anything that a regular American, a regular or a citizen can do. What they can't do is vote because voting is not a right. Voting is a privilege. Yes, voting in person can be inconvenient. It's supposed to be inconvenient because people who want to vote usually know why they're voting. And they will wait in line to vote because they feel it's important. Those who don't care or don't know the issues probably won't vote. And they shouldn't vote. That's because they don't care and they don't know about any of the issues anyway. They shouldn't be voting. Mail-in ballots make voting way too easy for those who don't know crap about the policies or about the issues or pay attention to anything. The other problem is that there's a break a break in the chain of custody when you're dealing with a mail-in ballot. When I'm at a polling place to vote, I vote, I walk to the clerks, I put the ballot in a box, they don't touch my ballot. Done. With mail-in voting, you're putting it you're putting the ballot in the mail and just hoping it gets to the destination. This is a good thing. I mean, this is a bad thing. This is why you hear postal workers dumping ballots into dumpsters. And actually, that did happen. We actually have video of it. Um, so, and as far as the Democrats always saying that there is no, there is, that, that stuff doesn't happen. It does happen. We've got video of it. Finally, we never know who actually is getting the ballot. So California sends me an application to get a ballot. All I have to do is use my signature, which supposedly they check, and verify my address. I send the ballot back. I then get a ballot. No identification, just my signature. What if I moved? What if the requested party wasn't me? What if someone stole my ballot from the mail? You see the problem? And it's almost impossible to check. Yeah, I know. You have to sign the ballot and you also have to sign the application and they can compare the ballot to the application. Yeah, no, that shit's not happening. They don't have time to do that with 10 million votes in California. So get over it. Corrupt elections. There is evidence of corruption in the election. I take it back. There is a lot of evidence of corruption in this election. Some include dead people voting. Batches of votes turning up in the middle of the night, all for Biden. Thousands of them. In some cases, tens of thousands of them. Votes were being subtracted from Trump for no apparent reason. Film of vote counters filling out ballots or repairing ballots so they can be counted. Vote counters predating ballots so they would count. Vote counters throwing away ballots. Republican vote watchers not being allowed to watch the vote counters, even though in court that was told they have to do that. And they still do, didn't do it. Philadelphia is the prime example. That's exactly what ended up happening. Finally, illegal votes being counted, legal votes not being counted, because they are from a Trump county. So there is... A lot of stuff that is actually happening. Now, does that mean that um, our elections are so corrupt we can't look? No, let's not get crazy here. But there is enough corruption and enough alleged corruption that you have to question and you may have to look at the votes. And this may have to get to the Supreme Court a hell of a lot faster than um, than you know, 38 days, which is what happened in the uh, Gore-Bush election. But the worst part is 
there's enough here that I don't trust anything. I don't trust my vote got, got counted. I, I just, I don't trust it. Even though I did in person. I don't trust it. Our election has been eroded. Trust in our election has been eroded. And we got to get rid of this mail-in ballot, mail balloting and... Um, and uh, mail-in balloting and the uh, stupid ballot harvesting, which is what is happening in some Democrat states, because it is really just destroying our election process. Finally, the last problem is Trump himself. This statement is not going to be very popular with my conservative friends. Trump ran a bad campaign. He did the exact opposite of what he should have done. He put himself in the spotlight. He should have tried to put Biden in the spotlight. But he always had to put himself in the spotlight. And the problem is, he says things. And he's clumsy with his language. And this was not good. Biden was is basically senile, and he messes up all the time. This is just not good. He needed to be out of the spotlight. Uh, what also put him in the spotlight is his tweets were out of control, and some of them were very negative. Every tweet throughout his presidency should have been about something positive. Something positive. Don't sit there and start ripping people over, over Twitter. You know, reporters you don't like, Jim Acosta, things like that. Don't do that. That's that's negative. Everything should always be positive. His first debate performance was absolutely terrible. He did not look like he prepared at all. He was interrupting. He was annoying. I know a lot of people are saying, well, Trump actually won the debate. Well, I mean, on policy, he won the debate. He sounded like crap. I was annoyed with Trump during, I would have been, I, Chris Wallace, I thought was a terrible moderator. But I would have been annoyed, too. Trump did not accentuate the, his accomplishments. Everything out of his mouth should have been about his accomplishments. Everything. And then throw in a little negative jab there. He would spend at his rallies, he'd spend 10 minutes on negativity. You know, Biden and Kamala Harris and things like that. It would have been better if he had said, Kamala Harris is going to be your next president, not Joe Biden. You guys, that would have been a positive thing. But accentuate the, the 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 positives. He destroyed ISIS. He killed Baghdadi and um, Soleimani. He we have we have relative we have relatively neutralized Iran and North Korea. We're winning the trade war with China. We're beating COVID. Or we're learning to live with COVID. I think that's the better statement. I think that's a truer statement. But he didn't do that. What about the peace deals in the Middle East? These are huge. He could have three peace deals when the last 50 years have been two. He'll have three in his first four years. I don't think Trump helped himself this election. I, I really don't. I, I think he I think he's stuck on being a celebrity and this did not this did not help him at all. I think he just needed to be a little more in the wings. And the only time he talks um, is his rallies where he's really funny and he's really enjoyable to watch and on his updates when he had updates he needed to do. So I, because he could, he, he will get positive. He won't get positive press, but whenever he gives updates about coronavirus and all that stuff, um, the media looks really bad when they ask him questions and then they don't ask Biden questions. He looks really good. And I think he could have done more of that and stopped worrying about um, always being... I, I thought at the end there were way too many rallies. I think he could have done one rally a day, just go one place to the other. I mean, Biden won the election. He, was never left his, he never left Pennsylvania or Delaware. So he didn't do himself any favors. Now, I know this has been a really long podcast. And I, I can't remember the last time I did an hour or an hour five podcast. But I, I don't want to, everything I've said in the previous sections were kind of, oh, damn it, this, damn it, that, and bad this, bad that. Let's end this podcast on a positive note. Because there were a lot of positive events that actually happened. 
Okay. And I don't want to skip these because a lot of time, a lot of people are like, I have, I belong to a Facebook group called the deplorables and they're all just screaming and yelling. I said, guys, uh, you know, it's really not that bad. So yeah, we did, we may, may, may have lost the presidency, but we won everything else. We won every state legislature. We won a governorship. We gained 15 seats in the House of Representatives. They are probably, the Republicans are probably going to count the Senate. Trump has a lot, as a matter of fact, probably is probably an understatement. Because the only way they're going to, the Democrats are going to win the Senate is they need to take both senators in Georgia. And that doesn't look like that's going to happen. Um, Trump was a lot closer to Biden than anyone thought. I mean, within, what, 2%? He lost by 2% of the popular vote. I think Hillary beat him by 7%, 8%. This was not a Joe, uh, mandate for Joe Biden. This was not a mandate for the left. We're going to get to that. The election was positive for Republicans and really dampened any extreme policies that President Kamala, oh, sorry, President Joe can implement. The next two years are going to be a lame duck session. And he's not going to be able to do the damage that everyone was worried about. In other words, this election was not as life-changing as folk made it out to be. The Republican Party has been remade by Donald Trump. Forget about Trump's personality quirks, because Trump is going to be the most influential one-term president in United States history. He has done more than George Bush and Barack Obama combined in their 16 years. He has remade a broken Republican policy. He has toughened this party up. Look at Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham went from kind of a wuss to a man, and he's telling people, you're full of crap. People like Nikki Haley and Dan Crenshaw, who are well outspoken on conservative policy, are now becoming serious threats to make huge runs for conservatives. Nikki Haley, Tim Scott, don't expect, expect, these guys are, they talk, they believe in what they stand for, they believe in America, and they're saying it. And they're putting people in their place. McConnell, Mitch McConnell, Cocaine Mitch. Cocaine Mitch has always been a very good politician. Always, but he's gotten tougher. There is now some fight in Republicans. Rhinos, which are Republican in name only, like Mitt Romney and John McCain, are no longer heroes of the Republican Party. Now, let's be let's be clear. Uh, 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 John McCain was a hero in war. He was no Republican. He should have been an independent or a liberal. Mitt Romney very liberal. Mitt Romney is part Mitt Romney and John McCain were part of the swamp. And I hate using key f- catchphrases, but that's what they were. The media has been called out for what it is. The left has been called out for what it is, socialism. The United States has been called out for what it is, exceptional and the greatest country in human history. But more so, and that's because Republicans have balled up and sat back and say, you guys are full of shit about the United States. The United States is fantastic. You guys are idiots. Our narrative, conservative and libertarian narrative, is that this is the greatest country in human history. That we are exceptional. And no one is going to convince us otherwise. This is the problem the left is going to have. This is the problem Joe Biden's going to have. He either bows down to the left and buys their bullshit, which means there's absolutely no unification and he's lying, which I think he's going to do. Or Kamala is. Kamala's a leftist. Let's call it what it is. Or you actually have to come back and say, no, America is not so, is not. By the way, I never understood how you could sit back and say that we are, um, uh, society, we are, uh, culturally racist because or a systemic, systemically racist, because Joe Biden's been part of the system for 47 years. 
if we were systemically racist and Biden's been part of the system for 47 years, doesn't that make Biden a racist? Weird. I know I said that in a podcast before, but I had to bring it up again because I thought it was so clever. Um, right now, I got I got to tell you, we are more patriotic right now. We are as patriotic right now as a country. And a majority of people are like that. Than we were when the U.S. men's Olympic hockey team won against the Soviet Union back in 1980 during Reagan's era. And I'm pretty happy about that. And the difference is, now we're telling people. Who'd you vote for? Trump. I have no problem. I live in a, I live in a house where nobody votes for Trump. <coughs> but I'm able to have discussions. By the way, that's the difference between a liberal... A progressive... Oh, we're going to get to that in a second. Hold on. Okay. The Democratic Party isn't... We're going to get to that now. The Democratic Party is an absolute mess. Now, there are... Here's the problem. There's really two kinds of Republicans. There's conservatives, and there is... um, There's conservatives, and then there is mid-level libertarians and liberal Democrats. Okay, liberal Democrats, I say liberal Democrats because they kind of, they do want to discuss things. And they're not really Democrats. They're not really progressives. So when you talk about liberal, the liberal, you're talking about people like, let's say, um, um, Kirsten Sinema from Arizona, the Democrat from Arizona. She's actually a very moderate Democrat. I That surprised me because she's bisexual. She actually liked a lot of the things that Trump did. She didn't like a lot of things. I mean, her voting record is still against Trump, but for but she was one of those that actually stood on the right on the on the uh, left side uh, or the right side of the aisle when Trump was doing his um, State of the Union speech last year. She liked what he did. This is a liberal Democrat. Dave Rubin is a liberal. He's not really a liberal Democrat. Now he leans, uh, he's more of a liberal, uh, he's a liberal Republican. But Dave Rubin, he he believes in abortion. But we can have a discussion. He's not going to sit there and start beating me with a baseball bat. Because I say, I don't believe in abortion. Why do you want to, he'll sit back and he'll debate you. Then there's the progressive. Joe Biden is a progressive uh, Nancy Pelosi is a progressive. Chuck Schumer is a progressive. They are about power, but they're about power. They're about leftist power, but they're about leftist power with the mask of moderation. They're not moderates. They're but they're not leftists either. They think leftists are absolutely nuts because leftists are lifting the skirt. They're showing what they are. Nancy Pelosi, there's a reason Nancy Pelosi was on a magazine with Ilhan Omar and uh, AOC. Because she is, she does lean left, but she's a politician and she knows there are only certain things. There are certain things you can do and there are certain things you can't do. She knows this. Finally, you have leftists. Vice President-elect, and I say that with air quotes, uh, Kamala Harris is a leftist. AOC is a leftist. Elhan Omar is a leftist. Rashida Tlaib is a leftist. Ayanna Presley is a leftist. These people want to transform America. They want to get rid of capitalism. They want to replace it with socialism. Bernie Sanders is a leftist. Oh, Bernie Sanders is a straight communist. But, I mean, these are leftists. Here's the problem. With the, here's the problem with the left. There is no negotiating with them. There, there, there's no negotiating with. There's no reasonable discussion you can have with leftists, because if you say something they don't like, they call you a racist, a sexist, a homophobe, a misogynist, a xenophobe, whatever. There's no negotiating with them. The good thing about leftists, they are the minority. They become mainstream, because let's face it: if I walk out with a Donald Trump hat. I there's a good chance I'm going to get beaten up. I'm too old to fight. I carry weapons and things, but I'm I'm too old to actually fight. I'll get beaten up. Whereas a leftist goes out there and says socialism is great, which they do. 
um, guess what happens to them? Absolutely nothing. They become uh, mainstream. They're mainstream. Leftism is mainstream. Conservatism is uh, is the counterculture. And by the way, we're not talking about far right. We're not talking about white supremacists. White supremacists actually freaking supported Biden this election because the KKK and other white supremacist group groups said that Trump didn't didn't support him enough. Weird, huh? Absolutely weird. Finally, this election was a rejection. Oh, not finally. I got I got a couple more. Um, this elect election was an outright rejection of uh, left wing leftist values. These include socialism, the Green New Deal, cancel culture, intersectionality and identity politics, institutional racism, anti-racism, and America is an evil country. Intersectionality. Identity politics and institutional racism really took it in the butt. Do you know why? Um, black male vote doubled for Republicans. Gay, the gay vote doubled for Republicans. The transgender vote went up for Republicans. Black females went doubled for Republicans. This crap is not working for them. And this is why they are fighting. They are literally fighting. There is tape of Democrats actually saying, we can't do this anymore. This isn't working. We're getting our, we're going to get killed in 2022, which I think is going to happen. But leftists are too stupid and arrogant to see this. They keep doubling down on it. Progressives see this is a losing strategy and are now beginning to push back. The Democratic Party is actually being broken up into three separate parties and none of them agree with each other. I don't know about you. That's freaking awesome. Finally, and this is the best part and this is what I actually look forward to and this is the positive. We're going to have so much fun in the next two years. Biden will be out of his presidency within six months. The question is, how is he going to be out? Are they going to declare the 25th Amendment? Is his cabinet, who he's promised, are going to be a bunch of leftists like AOC, Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, um, uh, Pete Buttigieg, uh, the um, moron from frickin' Texas that wants to take away all your guns. I can't remember his name because I just don't care. Um, uh, would they be afraid to actually sign a thing that says that President uh, Biden cannot, President Biden by then, if it, if it happens, President Biden cannot be president because he's incapable? I'm pretty sure. Could pres that, Then that could take a while. That's not something that's going to happen right away. Is it possible that President Biden just steps down? What about that uh, committee that Nancy Pelosi is trying to start on the uh, 25th Amendment, which, by the way, is unconstitutional? It doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like the progressives of the left really give a damn about the Constitution because they keep breaking it and they keep doing keep suggesting things that are just illegal. Okay, what what's going to happen then? But I'll tell you what: before he's out of office, the Biden gaffes are going to be hysterical because he's going to gaff left and right. He's not going to be able to hide in his basement when he becomes president, if he becomes president. And he's going to gaff and stumble and blah 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 all the time. Which may actually start a 25th Amendment process. We are going to see a big difference when Biden comes between free market capitalism, capitalist policies of Trump versus the socialist progressive policies of Biden. Let's see what it does to the economy. Now, in the first quarter of next year, I'm sure COVID has gone bye-bye and you're going to see GDP go way up. Okay, but GDP never went up, way up under Biden. And if you don't know what GDP is, uh, GDP is the value of a product or serve a finished product or service now compared to last quarter or last year. That's what it means. 
Okay, and GDP typically, the more the government spends money on products and services, the lower the GDP goes. Under President Obama, 33% of, of money spent on products and services was from the U.S. government. The, counter that, 26% under, um, under George Bush was from the government. Under uh, uh, President Trump, it went down to, I think, about 22%. I'd have to look that up. I think it, it did go down quite a bit. And the reason is the government, when they spend money on a product or a service, they spend a lot less on that product and service because they order so much. And so they get discounts on it. And that typically lowers GDP. The more government spending, the lower the GDP. And uh, under Barack Obama, the GDP has been the highest since probably World War II. So it never worked well with them. Um, and we're going to see that. We are going to see that. The first couple of uh, quarters, expect the GDP to go up 20... Uh, well, I mean, the GDP went up under uh, under Trump 33% this quarter, this last quarter. What's it going to go up under Biden? 20%? 15%? If that's what it does in the next... If that's what it does... In the first quarter of Biden's presidency, that basically says that um, GDP, yeah, yeah, his economy is going to be another slow growth economy. Um, Trump ain't going away. But this time, there will be absolutely no restraint on him. He's going to be able to say whatever the frick he wants, and no one's going to be able to stop him. And he can be as crude, he can be as vicious as he wants. Now, there's thought that Tr President Trump might run again in 2024. I would rather not see him run in 2024. But if the next four years are really bad for this presidency, maybe he should run. Because he can sit there and say, look at what I did and look what you guys did. And he'll probably win. I'd like to see Nikki Haley win, Tim Scott run. I'd like to see someone younger and just as vicious as Trump, except maybe with a little better language. So it, it's and and then God forbid if Trump implements the Trump News Network, he doesn't need Trump. President Trump doesn't need to run. He's not getting paid right now. But if he does, that would be really bizarre to make the comparisons in 2024 from what they were in 2020, and it will also be very interesting. If he doesn't run and he creates this Trump News Network, what's going to happen then? Okay. Oh, man, really long-winded today. But I, this was stuff I really wanted to get through. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at RunninFool, R-U-N-N-I-N-F-E-W-L. You can download or listen to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, and YouTube. You can visit my website at www.dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. I have substantial notes for this podcast. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics. <laughs>